Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. This is the Tom Hartman Program. We spent about a half hour with a guy I think is one of the best reporters in America, Kurt Eichenwald, you know, New York Times, Newsweek, New York Times bestseller, etc. If you're just tuning in, I'll just recap very, very quickly. I had been assuming, and I think probably this is the main narrative among Democrats, is that Joe Biden's son, Hunter, was basically, you know, he took this gig uh, basically as a way of capitalizing on his dad's being vice president and t- to make a few bucks. You know, sort of like Billy Carter capitalizing on Jimmy Carter's being president or Hugh Rodham capitalizing on Hillary Clinton being secretary of state or a senator or a presidential candidate. You know, we've all seen kind of what are referred to as the black sheep of the family kind of thing. And you know, that was my operating assumption was that, you know, Hunter Biden, sure, I'll take the money. It turns out, as Kurt Eichenwald laid out and as his reporting, you know, makes very, very clear, A, the prosecutor who got fired because he was so corrupt he wouldn't investigate anything, did not and never was investigating Hunter Biden or Burisma or the company. So, A, that claim is a complete lie. B, this gas company, Burisma, was trying to clean up their act because one of the guys on their board of directors was corrupt and was under indictment. They jettisoned him and they tried to bring onto their board of directors some squeaky clean people who would give them a good reputation. And so they brought on the former president of Poland, who was a reformer and viewed all across Europe as a good government guy. They brought him on their board. They brought Kofor Black on their board of directors, former head of counterterrorism for the CIA under George W. Bush. They put him on their board and they brought on Hunter Biden, who was a big shot lawyer with one of the biggest law firms in Washington, D.C., a law firm that charges a thousand bucks an hour for their time. And they put him on the board. And it was all their way of saying, we're cleaning things up. And in fact, that's what they were doing. So Hunter Biden not only was not there to trade on his dad's name, or you could argue that the company was trading on his dad's name in as much as they were saying, this is part of our effort to clean up our act. And in fact, they did clean up their act as much as a fossil fuel company can, according to Kurt Eichenwald's reporting. Also, Eichenwald pointed out that in, in the Trump ad and in the Trump narrative, which is you know bouncing around the right wing ecosphere, Joe Biden is claiming, and Joe Biden did claim this, that we threatened to withhold a billion dollars worth of loan guarantees to Ukraine if they didn't fire this corrupt prosecutor who was refusing to basically prosecute the corrupt oligarchs in Ukraine, in whose pay he probably was. Yeah, Joe Biden claimed that. He says, you know, yeah, yeah, we withheld a billion dollars and suddenly they fired him. But before he was fired, the IMF withheld $48 billion dollars and then the day before he, he resigned, he wasn't actually fired, he resigned. The day before he resigned, his assistant resigned on national television saying, I can't be the assistant to this prosecutor anymore because he's so corrupt he won't prosecute. So the guy had overwhelming pressure. It had nothing. Actually, Joe Biden was claiming credit for something that he didn't deserve credit for. But it sure is being used against him right now. I just, and you know, independent of democratic politics, whether you like Joe Biden or not as the democratic candidate, I'm not the biggest fan in the world of Joe Biden. Like I said, if he's the nominee of our party, I'll I'll do everything I can to get him elected. You know, blue no matter who, I'd like somebody a little more progressive, but still. 
the Constitution specifically says that a president shall be impeached for bribery, treason, or high crimes and misdemeanors. This is bribery. And it's not just bribery domestically, it's international bribery. So, A, we've got this. Donald Trump and the people around him, and now we know that Mike Pompeo was on that call, so he's in on this bribery scandal, attempting to bribe the president of Ukraine into making up dirt on Joe Biden, number one. And number two, now we've got Bill Barr, the attorney general, traveling around the world, going to Macedonia and Greece and Italy, I believe Spain, talking to, and last week, set up a conversation specifically between Donald Trump and Mr. Morrison, the new prime minister of Australia, relatively new. In each case, asking them to basically take back what their various intelligence agencies have said, which is that in 2016 they saw evidence that Russia or Russian actors or Russian oligarchs or people or, or institutions associated with Russia had somehow worked as hard as they possibly could to get Donald Trump in the White House. Which was the narrative that Robert Mueller was investigating. He found over a hundred instances of collaboration or attempted collaboration between the Trump campaign and agents of Russia, actors in Russia, people associated with Russia, or Russian oligarchs, et cetera, et cetera. They found all this stuff. They're trying to undo that. Now, Rachel Maddow is arguing, I think, or at least implying, that the reason that they're trying to do that is because Donald Trump is Putin's guy. I'm not quite so sure about that. I think it's a possibility. I think what is perhaps more likely is that Donald Trump is expecting that if he delivers for Russia, that when he leaves the White House, he'll be able to become a real billionaire by having the biggest building in Moscow, the Trump Tower. Or that he's being blackmailed, or whatever it may be. But honestly, we don't know yet. And now increasingly, it looks like even things like Donald Trump in his testimony to Robert Mueller, in his written testimony to Robert Mueller, under oath, grand jury testimony, said that his campaign had had no conversations with WikiLeaks, with Julian Assange. It's increasingly looking like that might be a lie, that that might be a crime, that that might be a point of collusion with WikiLeaks to take this information that was stolen by Russia and publicize it the day that the Access Hollywood tape came out. So, a, you've got the whole Russia thing, which now they're trying to discredit. They're trying to say, no, Trump isn't in the White House because of Russia. Trump is in the White House because he's just such a wonderful guy, just like he had the biggest crowd ever. So we've got these two things happening at the same time. And on the back end, in both cases, the Trump White House is stalling or stonewalling. Massive cover-up right in front of our eyes. Stonewalling these attempts to investigate, and Pompeo came out and said that Foreign Affairs Committee has now uh, subpoenaed some people from the State Department. And what's the State Department doing with all this stuff? And you know, you've got Rudy Giuliani running around going, "Yeah, but I wasn't there, you know, as a private lawyer, and I wasn't there as Trump's lawyer. I was there because the State Department asked me to be there, et cetera, et cetera." All this stuff going on, and it's like, whoa. This has to be the most corrupt administration in the history of the United States. And the reason why is fairly obvious, in my opinion. The Republican Party has nothing to offer. They haven't had anything to offer since 1980. In 1980, the Republican Party was taken over by what we would refer to today as the billionaires and the giant monopolies, the big corporations. This was made possible by two Supreme Court decisions in 1976 and 1978, Buckley and First National Bank, in which the Supreme Court, for the first time in the history of America, something the Congress never said. In fact, Congress had just said the opposite just two years earlier. Congress said, after the Nixon bribery scandals, enough. Big money cannot play that big a role in politics. We're going to limit campaign contributions to a couple thousand bucks, and billionaires can no longer own politicians. No more bribing public officials. 
And the Supreme Court came along and knocked those laws down with this Buckley decision and said, oh no, in 76, oh no, it's fine for billionaires to own politicians. And then in 78, they said in the, in the first national bank decisions, they said, oh, and by the way, corporations can own politicians too. And so in 79, this avalanche of corporate money and billionaire money was poured into the Republican party and put Ronald Reagan in the White House. And that was the end of the conservative movement. That was the end of my dad's Republican party. And ever since 1981, the Republican Party has nothing to sell the American people. They have been dancing to the tune of very rich people and big corporations, period, full stop. And as Kurt Eichenwald is pointing out in the last hour, the big mistake that they made was hiring a guy, <laughs> Donald Trump, who actually believed the lies that they pump out to keep the rubes in line. I mean, they promote these ideas to get, you know, the, the poor people who watch Fox News and listen to right-wing hate radio to think that there's this elaborate conspiracy and there's this deep state and there's this, and the, you know, and, 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 you know, quack, 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 all, yeah, these weird, oh, and, and they're trying to kill babies after they're born and, uh, you know, all these weird conspiracy theories that the Republican Party promotes, they're just there to keep the rubes in line, just there to keep the suckers contributing. Hey, just keep sending the money. I mean, I literally every day now, well, maybe four or five times a week anyway, I'm getting an email begging for money from the Trump campaign. You know, Fred, they're coming after us. Fred, they want to shut you up. The emails say. In fact, I'm guessing that if they were to look, if somebody, if the Federal Election Commission, which is paralyzed now, Federal Election Commission cannot look into this because Donald Trump will not appoint any more members to its commissioners. They have to have a certain number of commissioners in order to have a quorum. They're one below that right now. So they literally can't even meet and decide anything. Ellen Weintraub, who is the chair of the Federal Election Commission, tried to publish some information and the FTC wouldn't publish it. The Trump administration wouldn't allow it to be published. So she published it on Twitter, for goodness sake. But if the FEC, the Federal Election Commission, was to look into people who are donating to the Trump campaign right now, and this is pure speculation on my part based on the emails I've been getting. Keep in mind, the average age of a Fox News viewer is 70, which means they've got a lot of people who are in their 80s and maybe some in their 90s. And I'm guessing that a lot of those people are just literally having their savings evaporate because they keep contributing to the Trump campaign because they keep getting these hysterical emails. If you have a parent or a grandparent who watches Fox News, you might want to check their bank account or their credit cards. Now, you're only supposed to be able to contribute, I think it's $2,400 or $2,700, whatever it is, is less than $3,000. That's the most you're supposed to be able to contribute to a candidate. But we know now that in the 2016 election, the Trump campaign broke all kinds of campaign finance laws, including taking too much money from a bunch of people. I'm guessing that right now it's hundreds of thousands of people who've contributed way beyond the limit. And you might have, you know, senior citizens who are responding to every or every other Trump email by sending another 50 bucks. And they might have sent by this point now, you know, three years into this, they might have sent 50,000, 100,000. They might have sent their entire life savings to Donald Trump. But nobody is overseeing this. Nobody is looking at it because Trump has shut down the Federal Election Commission. The cops are not on the beat. But I'm telling you, if grandpa is doing this, if grandpa is watching Fox News, check grandpa's credit card and bank statements and do it quick. Because I think that Donald Trump and the scam, which is the Republican Party, are probably draining the retirement savings of a lot of senior citizens in America. And the Murdoch family's up to their eyeballs in this. And let's hope that Lachlan Murdoch wakes up and sees what's going on on the network that he's now in charge of. Because this is not good for America. It's not good for the future of the world either. Not only do we have Trump and his buddies saying there's nothing to investigate with regard to trying to blackmail essentially the, the president of Ukraine. 
you know, or bribe him. You know, this uh, bribery is one of the things you can be impeached for. This was a naked attempt at bribery. But now you've got them saying, oh, and by the way, the Russians didn't interfere in the election, and we're going to get the Australian prime minister to prove it. This is the Tom Hartman program. And they went to Boris Johnson, too, and said, hey, you got to help us out. What? You're listening to Tom Hartman. So picture your face in the mirror. See all those wrinkles around your eyes, crow's feet, under eye bags. Now imagine they're gone. And I'm not talking about some risky, expensive surgery. Just gone in minutes. It's called Plexiderm, a clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates your wrinkles, crow's feet, and under eye bags in minutes. It's the edge you've been looking for. Don't believe it? I didn't either until I tried it. Now I don't have to imagine anymore. I look like me just 10 years younger. Simply put, I'm blown away by the results. Plexiderm can give you the confidence you'll need to be yourself at work or out with friends. The best part is Plexiderm goes on clear, so nobody will know you're using it. Go to Plexiderm, go to, excuse me, go to triplexiderm.com and use my code TOM, T-H-O-M, for 50% off plus an additional 10 bucks off. That's right, 50% off plus an extra $10 off. This offer is also available by calling 1-800-685-1292 and mentioning the code TOM. Plexiderm is backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit TryPlexiderm.com today and use the code TOM, T-H-O-M, at checkout. That's TryPlexiderm.com. Tal Harbin here with you. Just a heads up, my new book, The Hidden History of the Supreme Court and the Betrayal of America, is now available. It's probably, if you pre-ordered a copy from Powell's or Amazon or any of the other great online sources, your copy will probably arrive today. Uh, if you have a copy waiting in a bookstore, if you've pre-ordered one, or if you just want to go into a bookstore and get a copy, it's, it's around today. And I'm saying that not so much to pitch the book, although, hey, I, you know, I love it when people read my books. But more to the point is if you have a copy or when you get your copy, turn to page 118. From page 118 to page 123, and keep in mind, I wrote this book a year and a half ago. From page 118 to 123, I lay out how back in 1992, Attorney General Bill Barr shut down the Iran-Contra investigation into Ronald Reagan and George Herbert Walker Bush using Iran to get Reagan elected in 1980 how he shut that down and how the special prosecutor Lawrence Walsh went absolutely nuts and how it's screaming headlines in the New York Times on Christmas Eve, 1992. All of it is right there. In addition to how Nixon stole an election, how Reagan stole an election, how George W. Bush stole an election, and all these big corporations and billionaires who were complicit in this, what they wanted was right-wingers on the Supreme Court. They wanted deregulation. They wanted to be able to put more poison in the air, dump more toxins in our water, more crap in our food supply, all so that they could enhance their profits. And that's what they're getting with Trump. He is the pinnacle of this. Now they've put Kavanaugh and Gorsuch on the Supreme Court. Trump has. These guys are going to be the willing toadies for this guy. So just to bring you up to date, Mike Pompeo has now said that even though Congress, the House Foreign Affairs Committee, has asked five members of the State Department to come testify before them, Mike Pompeo is saying, no, ain't going to happen. The Attorney General of the United States, Bill Barr, was in Italy over the weekend, is in Spain right now, and set up a conversation. Apparently, this is all the same thing. It's all one piece of fabric. They're trying to tear down the Mueller investigation. Now, Robert Mueller got indictments against some 30-plus individuals, got a whole bunch of guilty pleas for specifically Russia messing in our elections in 2016 in a bunch of different ways. What Barr is apparently trying to do is get foreign leaders, Morrison in Australia, the prime minister of Spain, the Prime Minister of Italy, trying to get these foreign leaders to help him dig up proof that Mueller was wrong and that it wasn't Russia who interfered with our election in 2016. It was Hillary Clinton and the Democrats. Honest to God, not making this up. 
They're trying to find evidence that the Democratic Party and Hillary Clinton interfered in the 2016 election and that Russia had nothing to do with it. And I think that this, you know, from Trump's point of view, I don't know if this is because, you know, he's dancing to Putin's tune or if this is because it's like his crowd size on inaugural day. He just can't stand the, the fact that the majority of Americans think that he's only in the White House because of the involvement of a foreign government. But, you know, that's pretty much the fact. And now you've got Pompeo running around the world, digging into these wild conspiracy theories that Mueller's investigation was uh, a bunch of dirt and that what really happened was Hillary and her emails. And in fact, Pompeo has had the State Department investigators retroactively classify Hillary Clinton emails so that they can go after the people whose emails ended up in her inbox. And as Kurt Eichenwald was pointing out, when Hillary Clinton was Secretary of State, it was okay to have a private server. You just had to do, you had to jump through some hoops, which she jumped through. It's not okay now, though, when Ivanka does it. You're listening to the Tom Hartman program. Because the law changed. But back during the Bush administration, Colin Powell was using AOL as, as Secretary of State. It was okay. It was legal back then. Welcome back. Tom Harbin here with you. We're kind of processing all this stuff that's going on. Brad in uh, Rosemont, Minneapolis. Wondering what your thoughts are. Uh, usually children of politicians have been off limits, and Hunter Biden clearly is not off limits. Wondering what your thoughts are on the Democrats going full tilt on the Trump kids. Every time Hunter Biden is mentioned, somebody should be saying something like, well, Ivanka got a whole bunch of trademarks in China and her husband, uh, Jared Kushner, got a billion dollar loan, basically, that was from a sovereign wealth fund or a giant fund that was largely funded by Qatar right after Saudi Arabia had basically blackmailed Qatar by cutting off you know, food and medicine to them until they gave the money to Jared Kushner. The bizarre level of naked corruption and both Kushner and Ivanka using private servers and now the law has actually been changed back when Hillary was doing it it was legal there just were certain regulations you had to comply with which she did now it's explicitly illegal as a result of the Republican freakout and yet you know you've got members of the Trump administration doing this yeah I I, I think it, it there's a whole bunch of it there and a whole bunch of it really worth talking about so thank you Brad for pointing that out Paul in Woodenville Washington hey Paul what's up Tom I don't know if you have ever had this experience or had a loved one who has but this does this make sense to you once a cancer patient always a cancer patient in other words you're always susceptible and right now this country is being diagnosed with cancer Right. I'm talking to people who are who are saying, "Well, we've got to. He's got to go. We, we, you know, we can't let him get away with this." And and uh, and the thing is, is this is not a football game. At a, after a certain period of time, the score is such, such and such. Even if Trump is impeached and removed from office, we are going to be subject to the propaganda blitz that we are being subject to now. Right, and the corrupt and oligarchy, which was established with these Supreme Court rulings that allow money to basically control politics. And Donald Trump is going to continue to be part of it. Let me ask you this question. What if Donald Trump, if he's removed from office and he's not tried and put into jail, which he should be, decides to move to Russia? And then we have a past president with his, what he knows about that office in a foreign is he still Is he still entitled to Secret Service protection? God and what only, do we do God about that? He's going See, to- I don't think he's going to take that many secrets with him because I think that a lot of stuff has been withheld from him. But beyond that, Paul, I think the larger issue is what if, and the, and the thing that we need to be considering, is what if Trump negotiates a deal with the Democrats? I mean, it would basically have to be with the Democrats. If he negotiates a deal that let me keep all my money, I don't go to jail, get Letitia James and, you know, the Attorney General of New York State to drop all the charges. In fact, just immunize me, not just from federal charges, but from the state charges and my kids and just let us go back to being real estate grifters and we'll leave you all alone. No uh, deal. No deal. No well, that's deal. That's what I would say. I would say these people need to go to jail. See, this is what happened with Nixon. Nixon cut that kind of a deal, and then Jerry Ford did the pardon. And, yeah, some of Nixon's guys, some of his bad guys went to jail. But nobody in his family, nobody that he really cared about went to jail. And that, in my opinion, 
set up the corruption of the Reagan administration and then the failure to prosecute that because Bill Barr shut down the investigation in 92. The failure to investigate Iran-Contra set up the corruption of the George W. Bush administration. And George W. Bush and, and Dick Cheney getting away with war crimes and, and torture and you know various forms of what I would call treason then paved the way for Donald Trump. So every step has added on the last. And if Trump gets away with this, what's going to be coming after Trump? I think it would be somebody like Mussolini. But, Tom, that deal that he's offering is like asking, is like a king in exile. Protect my family and my money. We get to go elsewhere. And elsewhere, he's going to continue to be a propaganda enemy to this country. That's I'm what I'm agreeing with say. you. I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. And, 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 but I'm saying we need to steal ourselves. We need to get ready because whether they can impeach him in the Senate or not is probably going to be the thing that this hangs on. And if enough stuff comes out and enough of public opinion turns against Donald Trump, and it seems to be moving in that direction, that 20 Republican senators figure, okay, this guy isn't worth going down in flames over. At that point, Trump is going to try and cut a deal. And we need to be talking to Democratic politicians right now well in advance of that. Remember, Tom, you're never cured of cancer. You're only in remission. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we're never cured of oligarchy and autocracy. We're only in remission. Well, and this gets back to, you know, the point that I was pounding on this program long before Donald Trump came along, which is that we need to have a constitutional amendment to overturn Citizens United, which would also overturn Buckley and First National Bank and all these other decisions. And, you know, going all the way back to Santa Clara County, get yep. money out of politics, get, you know, no more corporate personhood. Those are the steps we can take to the hard chemo steps we can take to make sure that's, we stay that, in remission. Yeah, that's where you pull the cancer out by its roots. That's, uh, you know, that's to mix right. metaphors terribly. That is where you do it. And therefore, and that's why every day on this program, I keep bringing this back to the Supreme Court and why I wrote this book about the Supreme Court that's now available today, a shameless plug. <laughs> Paul, thanks a lot for the call. It's good talking to you. You're listening to Tom Hartman. You know, I'm on the road this week and, uh, you know, <laughs> out of time zones and all kinds of stuff. And one of the nice things is that CBD oil is legal all across the United States when it's made out of hemp and, and as is New Leaf Naturals. It's non, CBD oil is non-intoxicating, which makes it ideal for people seeking the health benefits of cannabinoids without the mind-altering effects of medical marijuana. CBD is non-toxic and has potent pain-relieving and anti-inflammatory properties. The brand I trust the most is New Leaf Naturals. And New Leaf Naturals is the highest quality CBD oil on the market. It's 100% organic, highly concentrated, contains no additional additives, grown in the USA, and the only ingredient is hemp. So the product remains in its most pure and simple form and is legal. Go to newleafnaturals.com. It's newleafnaturals.com and save 30% off and get free shipping in the U.S. when you use the code TOM, spelled T-H-O-M. Go to newleafnaturals.com. For premium cannabinoid wellness, there's only one place, newleafnaturals.com. That's newleafnaturals.com, code TOM. Right now, Congressman Mark Pocan is with us on the Tom Hartman program. Congressman Pocan will be taking your calls. He is the co-chair of the Congressional Progressive Caucus. He represents the 2nd District of Wisconsin in the U.S. House of Representatives. His website is pocan.house.gov, and you can tweet him at Rep. Mark Pocan. Congressman, welcome back. Thanks, Tom. Glad to be here. So just another quiet day in D.C.? Yeah, sleepy, sleepy week. <laughs> yeah. oh, Don't man. you wish? Yeah, <laughs> they used to be before you had this guy in the White House. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I'm actually quite concerned about some of the stuff that's going on. The president talking about civil war. Franklin Graham has now echoed that. Or hey, we've heard from the Oath Keepers now. This is this armed group. Uh, started out as a sheriff's group, but it's kind of metastasized. And they're saying, yes, we have weapons and we're ready for that war. And then we've got. Trump going to do a press conference today. Uh, Nancy Pelosi just held one, along with Adam Schiff, talking about some of the crimes. I mean, what are your thoughts on all this? So the investigation is moving promptly and swiftly, as promised. Adam Schiff is doing, I think, a great job in getting the 
ability to have the whistleblower testify very, very soon, getting some other things taken care of so we can start this very promptly. I'm very concerned by the president's rhetoric, whether it be accusing Adam Schiff of treason, uh, which is ridiculous, whether it be talking about a civil war, as you mentioned, which is unpresidential and maybe should be added to anything we look at. Even Republican members of Congress, at least one I saw from Illinois, uh, said, you got to stop the crazy rhetoric. And then most recently, he's saying that this is an attempt at a coup because I guess he's always wanted a banana republic. We're not giving him one, but he certainly doesn't have a coup going on. And the fact that the president talks like this uh, is, I think, beyond crazy town. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm concerned. I mean, you know, I think this is actually stuff that's destructive to our democracy. But anyway, and he puts it out there, you know, as much as I I think it's easy to say this is all crazy. And I think many things he does are crazy, whether it be the nuking hurricanes or or go down the list. He also also does things for a very specific reason. And I think in this case, you know, he knows he's got some hardcore supporters that if he can just put some ideas to germinate in their head, they'll come out with some responses, and then he can claim, of course, that he didn't do anything. So, unfortunately, as much of what he says seems utterly crazy to many of us, and it is utterly crazy, also, I think it's also very calculating. Yeah, and I wanted to open the show with this and got tripped up. Bernie Sanders had two stents put in his uh, coronary arteries last night. I have several friends who have been through this, my brother-in-law as well. And they all feel great afterwards and, you know, go on to have a, a healthy, happy, productive life. I'm sure that'll be the case with Bernie, but we're sending him best wishes. We've got a post over on our Facebook page that we're going to accumulate comments and send to him. And I'm, I'm sure that you wanted to share some sentiments for him. Absolutely. In fact, you know, I can say this. Two years ago, Tom, you may remember, almost two years ago, one month shy of two years ago, I had a triple bypass. So I actually had the full surgery with the heart open, and I'm better than ever. And the initial process they did to look in is also the process where they put the stint. So it is a non-invasive. I mean, it comes, you know, up your arm where they put the the device and it takes a look and they put in the stints that way. And it is something you definitely uh, bounce back from uh, strongly. He's going to have a little time of rest and we're going to definitely be sending all of our well wishes for a quick recovery. But um, this is something that... uh, you know, I, I even had, like I said, the the more extensive surgery, mm-hmm. and I'm back stronger than ever, and I know he will be as well. Yeah, there you go. So let's pick up phone calls, eh? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, George in Portland. You're you're on the air with Congressman Pocan. Good morning, guys. Um, hey, I just wanted to know: is it foolish or naive of us to assume that the uh, the normal rule of law is going to apply to Republicans when they just lie and stonewall and cover up for each other at every turn? Well, George, part of that was addressed in the press conference today, and part of it's been brought up to us previously by Adam Schiff. He came last week with Jerry Nadler to the Progressive Caucus. One of the things is that the White House continues to stonewall like they did during the Mueller investigation. We already have a motive, a crime, a confession, and evidence. Um, we're already past much of what we are working on with the Mueller report. We still have other people that will be coming in, but if they want to add to any articles of impeachment, things like obstruction, that's what's going to be added. We're not going to mess around with them. We'll get the information. We're going to be able to move forward no matter what, and I think the American public you know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. We know that he claimed he did nothing with another government in Russia, and yet all he's done in his entire presidency is try to say Russia did nothing. And this call is another government, foreign government. He's trying to have interfere in our elections. You know, it just doesn't pass the smell test. That's why the public opinion has been moving so quickly, and we're going to move expeditiously regardless of any obstruction by the White House. Which raises an interesting process question that I had promised people that I would ask you when you came on. Okay. There are multiple crimes that Donald Trump could be impeached for and things that maybe aren't even crimes, but still are, you know, maladministration, essentially, or high crimes, misuse of office. If the articles of impeachment that are drawn up have multiple points like Nixon's did, like Andrew Johnson's did, first part of the question is, do the members of the House and the members of the Senate vote one at a time on each article or do they vote on the entire package? And then secondly, If they vote on each article, or if they vote on the package for that matter, in terms of getting him actually impeached, is it wiser to have one single article of impeachment that's absolutely everybody agrees on and, you know, nailed it? Or is it better to have a long list of things that just, you know, reminds us all of what an incredibly terrible president this guy has had? What are are both the, the law and the politics of this? 
Yeah, I think a lot of this is still being figured out. I mean, this is only, what, the fourth time in history dealing with this at the presidential level. And because of that, we're still having some of these conversations. What's the best way to proceed? I think what I can offer that's probably the best answer is it's going to depend a lot on what comes through the proceeding that the Intelligence Committee is doing, because as they get other information, that may uh, give us some additional direction of what will be included. Um, Other committees that have oversight are still doing their work, but we're keeping the public focus really on uh, what's happening right now in the intelligence community because that's what people are paying the most attention to. And then at that point, the decision will have to be made what is going to be in the articles of impeachment, should they be uh, at that point decided on going to the Judiciary Committee, which is another committee then, that'll take that up. So I don't know if I have an exact answer on whether they're taken up one at a time or separately, but the other one is still an open question, and that's part of what we're, we're still having conversations about and will come out of what happens with the Intelligence Committee process. Thank you. Vivian in Janeville, Wisconsin, you're on the air with Congressman Pocan. Thank you. Hi, Mark. Hi, Vivian. I wanted to let you know that I support a broader impeachment process because so there's been so much corruption and so much crime involved, and I would like to see that named and investigated for the public, uh, even though that might not be the politically expedient thing to do. And then my other point is that I don't want to see grandstanding showing off and campaigning by Democrats. I want to see an intelligent, incisive, smart, aggressive questioning and approach to this. And everybody recognizes grandstanding when they see it. So let the lawyers do their job. Thank you, Vivian. Congressman. Yeah, yeah, I think we've had that conversation before. You know, sometimes the lawyers have been the ones that do the best questions, and in five minutes you can't usually get that much information anyway. So, you know, I know members sometimes like to have the camera, but let's do this in the best way. I think Adam Schiff is the right person to do this, and Jerry Nadler is the right person to be taking up the articles of impeachment. So I think you will have that, Vivian, that seriousness that we need to with the process. Kathy in Hendersonville, North Carolina. You are on the air with Congressman Pokin. Hi, Congressman. This all comes down to impeachment, and I'd like to maybe broaden it a little bit. Can you impeach both a president and vice president at the same time? Because my fear is the pardon power of a President Pence, all of Gerald Ford, and then If Trump is impeached and Pence resigns, can he appoint a new VP while being impeached before the trial in the Senate? Yeah, Kathy, uh, unfortunately you're asking questions hypothetical and maybe a little above my pay grade because we haven't really gone through this before, right? I mean, you know, think about you know, Richard Nixon resigning, you think about Bill Clinton and how that happened, and that those are the more recent ones. There's only been one other in, in the entire history of the country. So I would assume any impeachment would not happen at the same time per se. It depends what comes out of the process the Intelligence Committee is doing, because right now Mike Pence is not directly involved, although his name has been mentioned a few times, more may come out. It's the president who very clearly is the one who asked a foreign government to interfere by getting dirt on a political opponent's family and given us the documentation that proves it. So I can't necessarily answer that, and I don't know the answer. I apologize on if they could appoint a VP or not. I don't believe so, but I can't tell you that definitively. Omar in Herndon, Virginia. You're on the air with Congressman Pocan. Tom, thanks so much. Thanks for my call. Quick question to Mr. Pocan. Which of these committees that are investigating the president has the strongest teeth to bring this president down? Because there's several committees investigating. And is the strategy to try to find out everybody on this administration or just Trump only? I mean, the first one I think I can answer the most clearly, Omar, is we have probably the two best position committees dealing with this right now. Intelligence dealing with what essentially is an intelligence breach, and they're under the strong guidance of Adam Schiff. And Jerry Nadler, who's one of the most brilliant people I serve with in Congress, at the head of judiciary where any articles of impeachment would go to. While there are other committees that have pieces of this, and they're all doing their pieces from his taxes to the emoluments and other aspects, although judiciary is kind of dealing with that as well. Those two committees are the main two that you're going to see, I think, right now with this process, and they are in very good hands. Do you know anything about this inspector general from the State Department calling together members of these four committees? 
yet all of a sudden very oddly called for a briefing, and I think we'll all know more hopefully by the end of the day. Yeah. This is a surprise. Yeah, it seems like what it would most likely be is he's basically ratting out Pompeo. I mean, you know, not to put it in a negative frame, but do you think it's something like that? He's seen something that he wants to tell Congress about? I truly don't know, although Pompeo clearly, I think, tried to mislead the public by pretending as if he didn't know anything about the whistleblower report. Would we find out later he was actually on the call? Yeah, interesting point. Dan in Canada, you're on the air with Congressman Pokian. Uh, yes, hello. I would like to ask what he thinks about the idea of setting a precedent. If you don't include all of the vast number of broken laws and uh, norms that he's done previously in articles of impeachment, does that set a precedent? Or are we just looking at a Republican Party that has defied everything so far? So they're really the problem, and it's not the articles of impeachment that makes the difference. Yeah, Dan, I'll tell you, this is a conversation we have. This is a conversation the public has. We're all living through this together, right? None of us, I think, expected a president to do all that this president has done and all the new gray areas that he's caused in the law and then the outright potential uh, violations of the law and his oath of office. So I think when you have something this specific where, you know, we essentially have a motive, a crime, a confession, and the evidence, uh, I think that puts us in a good place to be able to move on the process. But I think the president's been in violation of the emoluments clause. I think there's a lot of other potential violations. Whether or not they'll be included in this is going to matter on a lot of the legality. I mean, one of the things, Tom, that I was really surprised to find out, uh, Jerry Muller explained to our caucus last week, our, our progressive caucus, was, you know, people have asked, well, why don't we just, you know, uh, throw them in jail or, uh, you know, if they violate a subpoena. Even that's a huge and long uh, legal process, and there's some reason why that even when you go after someone, it may take years to finally get them to comply. So in many ways, you know, the Republican Party deciding that they're a cult around Donald Trump rather than a, a mainstream political party, and they're putting their political party before the country, I think answers the second part of your thing, Dan, which is I think, you know, the Republican Party has going to have a price to pay at the end of the day for this. But uh, clearly, um, it is difficult to get people compelled. That's why this particular situation with the Ukrainian president is unique. Yeah, and I think they're trying to run out the clock by, by all means. Nancy, listening to yeah. Real Talk 910 in San Francisco. You're in Woodland, California, Nancy. Thank you for calling. You're on the air with Congressman Pocan. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I just wanted to know, and I didn't see a press conference, so maybe this was covered, but can we expect that Congress will have attorneys such as Barry Burke do most of the questioning during an impeachment? Again, Nancy, you know, because all this happened last week, we've been on a call this weekend. We have a call this afternoon among members. I mean, this is all uncharted territory, right, for most of us who've been in Congress, unless you were around during the Clinton administration or the Nixon administration, and most of us haven't. This is completely new. And as a country, this is still a pretty new situation. So I am assuming that just as the White House has lawyered up in preparation for this, we will also be lawyering up and making sure that we have a strong position going into this. So I would hope that we have more ability for lawyers to be asking questions, because I do think they are the most trained at doing this, and no disrespect to my colleagues, but in five minutes, it's hard to get a lot in your questions, and I think we need to make sure we're doing this in the most serious way possible. So I think the answer to that will be yes, Nancy, but we're still discussing many of those aspects. Jacqueline in Minneapolis, Minnesota, you're on the other Congressman Pocan. Yes, my question is, what is the status of the IRS whistleblower complaint, is that going forward or is that being put on the back burner for the uh, Ukraine issue? Yeah, so nothing is necessarily on the back burner, but there are at least six committees that have pieces of this. So I think the IRS stuff will probably be in the purview of the Ways and Means Committee, and they're still doing their work. And you've got other committees, you know, Foreign Affairs and others doing their work on different parts of this. So I think what you're going to see the public face, though, is around right now it's what's happening with the Intelligence Committee. I mean, just, there's only so much capacity, I think, for people to follow multiple subjects. doesn't mean that we're not within those committees of jurisdiction still moving forward. But right now, I think what you're going to see largely talked about in the media will be this process with the Intelligence Committee. And then uh, should there be articles of impeachment, uh, it will go to the Judiciary Committee. 
Morris in Long Beach. We just have a minute to the break. Morris, a quick one. I know you can do it. Oh, yeah, I got a quick one for you. Uh, Congressman, good morning to everybody. What is the protocol for impeachment? Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. What's the process? So basically, I think once we finish this investigation, there will be then drafted articles of impeachment should the information come out of the investigation that leads us to that point, and then it will go to the Judiciary Committee to deal with that, and then it will go to the floor of Congress. Somewhere along the way, we could have a vote of Congress saying we're doing an inquiry. I think that's happened in the past, for example, the Nixon impeachment, but you don't need that to proceed like we've been proceeding. Okay. And then and then the House would vote on it, and then it goes to the Senate, and they would vote. And they would have the trial. And then it would go to the right. Senate, and the expectation is, um, at least right now, that they would probably dismiss it similarly. Yeah, interesting. Congressman Mark Pocan with us. It's Middays with Mark on the Tom Harbin program, taking your calls for the hour. He's the co-chair of the Congressional Progressive Caucus. We'll be right back with more of your calls for Congressman Pocan in just a moment. And you can uh, read all about him on his webpage at pocan.house.gov, and you can tweet him at repmarkpocan. If your schedule's anything like mine, it's getting harder and harder to keep up with new information. In our fast-paced world, it's essential to keep learning, whether for work or for personal development. I've found an incredible app that I wanted to share with you. It's the most amazing app on my phone, and I highly recommend it. It's called Blinkist. Blinkist takes the best key takeaways, the need-to-know information, from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down into just 15 minutes that you can easily read or listen to on your phone, tablet, or web browser. I listen in the car and on the airplane. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books like Becoming by Michelle Obama or Fire and Fury Inside the Trump White House by Michael Wolff. All the books you want and all for one low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for you, just for my listeners to this podcast. Go to Blinkist.com slash Tom, T-H-O-M. Try it for free for seven days and save 25% off a new subscription. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash Tom, T-H-O-M, to start your free seven-day trial. And you'll also save 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash Tom. Larry in Natchez, Mississippi, you're on the air with Congressman Pocan. Okay. My question is, how can we afford to do all this? We spent a lot of money on the Mueller investigation. How can we afford to do all these investigations when we need to spend the money on the infrastructure and schools and put it back in the, in the country? Congressman, didn't the Mueller investigation recover more money just from Paul Manafort than the entire investigation cost? Yeah, this is probably one of the weakest arguments uh, I think that's out there against doing what we're doing. How much do we spend for the president's golf trips compared to investigations? It's been uh, over $100 million would, so far. Yeah, it would far surpass everything we've spent on the here. The so investigation I, I think, was $24 million, I think. Yeah, and so when the president violates the law, potentially violates the law, we have to do the investigation. It's according to the Constitution, where it's our constitutional oath. So I do think that Trump's, no pun intended, his Gulf trips or anything else. And I think that is, at best, a weak red herring that's put out there. And so I don't think it really holds much credibility, Larry. Spence in Clarksburg, West Virginia. You're on the air with Congressman Pocan. I think about the money being spent. How can we afford not to do it, in my opinion? I think that the Democrats aren't following the Constitution to exact because they should be caging people. They should bring cages up that they put these children in, bring it up to Congress, and jail these people that refuse to come to Congress and, and get more hard-handed and follow the Constitution all the way. They have the right to jail these people. I'll, I'll listen to your response. Thank you. That's inherent yeah, contempt. I really... That is a great question, and actually Jerry Nadler did a great job explaining that last week at the Progressive Caucus, because I thought that too. Why aren't we doing more? Why you know, this inherent contempt and other ways we have? Why aren't we really putting some teeth behind this? Well, the reason is there's a legal process. So even when you try to do some of this, there's a bunch of legal hurdles we have to jump before you can put them into the jail, before you can even find them, and how you can recover any kind of funds for someone trying to violate this. So there are huge legal obstacles 
rules that make it, while yes, we can do these things, it may take years before you could actually jail someone uh, for not giving you the testimony. So that's why I think in this case, we already have the information. We have the motive, the crime, the confession, the evidence. Uh, Now we're seeing what else is associated with this, and we're going to be able to move much more swiftly on it. But your question was my question for a long time. Jerry did an excellent job of explaining it last week, and it's just the process is so long to do those things while we have that right. It's really not practical. Brian in uh, Pontiac, Michigan, you're on the air with Congressman Pocan. Hey, how you doing, Congressman? How you doing, Tom? I love your show, man. My question is, why is it the Democrats, especially Nancy Pelosi, just being more hardcore strength? We gave you a blue wave. Seriously, we gave you a washout of power to take control of the House. I know you don't have the Senate, but this is ridiculous. This guy has committed so much obstruction of justice just along with what he did to Mueller. And it's clear that the conservative FBI control, high level of the FBI won't do anything because they're just, they're stuck as much as anybody else. They're like, what do we do? What do we do? And this guy's corrupt. So his corruption is beyond belief. He's a hundred times worse than Nixon. So, so Brian, let's, let's let the congressman answer your question. Yeah, so Brian, I, so first of all, I think, you know, if you follow the Mueller investigation, that gives you a good example why it takes a little longer, right? If they're blocking witnesses from coming, and I just explained there's a long, convoluted legal process to get them, uh, they're trying to run out a clock. In this case, we have an opportunity a little differently. Also, we've been doing this other thing, Brian, called governing, and we've passed something like 260 bills that we've sent to the Senate, of which they've taken up somewhere between 10 and 15 percent of them. We've passed bills around campaign finance, ethics, and election reform. We've passed bills on paycheck equity so women make the same as men. We've passed a minimum wage increase. We've passed bills on prescription drugs. We've passed the Violence Against Women Act reauthorization. We have done climate change legislation. We have done... I go down the list of so many things that we've sent over there that are just being put in the back of a pickup truck and buried in some backyard in Kentucky by Mitch McConnell. But we've done that as well. And then... uh, as you could see from the Miller investigation, why it's not as easy to just get some of these folks to come because of the legal process. This is a different situation, and we're moving very expeditiously. So I think a lot of the comments out there are just based on not knowing all the facts, and there has been a very aggressive effort to move forward on this. It's just when Donald Trump proclaims his innocence but doesn't let people testify, one, he's violated the smell test, which may be the most important test that's out there, which is why public opinion is moving so quickly against him. But two, we now have that opportunity because we've got more information on this Ukrainian call that we're going to be able to move much quicker. And I hope people like Brian and others will be uh, satisfied and then also look at all that legislation that we've passed, which is why you gave us that majority in the House. Of course, we need that in the Senate and the White House to make those things become a reality. Congressman, any chance you or a member of your staff could email me a list of, or at least the high points of the list of the legislation that has passed out of Absolutely. the House? Absolutely. I would love to yep, see we'll that. We'll do thing. that and the numbers because the numbers numbers are what are really compelling, and I have six town halls going in every county in my district while I'm home this period, so I just pulled those numbers. It's something like 260 bills that we've sent over. They've only passed about 60 bills in the Senate, because all they've been doing is approving conservative judges, but they're literally sitting on everything we've sent over, and it's some really major stuff. Yeah, I'd love to write an op-ed about this and get it, you know, widely circulated. Ron in Grand Rapids, Michigan, listening to WPRR. You're on the air with Congressman Pocan. Hi, Mark and Tom. With the likelihood that the Senate will not allow the impeachment to proceed to a trial anyway, isn't it crucial for the House to throw the net as widely as possible with charges, especially in view of the fact that Fox so-called news has not informed their vast listenership about any of Trump's crimes, as a continuing evangelical loyalty proves? Isn't this our one chance to uh, circumvent the silencing power of Fox News by conducting a sane and sound congressional investigation in public and allow America to actually hear all these testimonies and uh, evidences, especially in view, again, of the new threats of action by armed violence by Trump supporters? Shouldn't the House fill the book, the whole book, at Trump? Yeah, I think, and I think that's part of the discussions that are ongoing right now. Specifically, we know we've got the information on this Ukrainian call, right? So that's what's going to proceed through the intelligence community. But what ultimately goes into the articles of impeachment is, I think, still open for conversation, and it will be going to Jerry Nadler's committee judiciary. We have a lot of progressive caucus members there. I'm very glad. It's a good group of people. And I hear what you're saying. Other people are putting an input to what they're recommending, and I do appreciate that, and I'll make sure I extend that to the caucus.
Congressman, your thoughts on where we're at, where we're going, how people can most effectively be active. Is this a time to be calling our members of Congress, for example, or writing them letters or visiting their, their offices? And if so, what should we be doing? Yeah, I, this is a period where, again, most House members are going to be uh, home this week and next week. I believe that may be true of the Senate, but I, I, I can't speak to the calendar. I just assume um, with the Jewish holidays of this week and next week, there's probably some time that people are home. People like me are doing town halls, doing one in every county over the next two weeks. It's a good chance to get a hold of people, talk to them about the issues, especially around impeachment, try to hold people accountable. And, again, your voice as a constituent, any elected official, is the most important voice and use it. It's the best way for us to get this done. That's great. Congressman, thanks so much for dropping by today. Absolutely. Thank you, Tom. We'll see you next week. I look forward to it. Thank you. Congressman Mark Pocan. Uh, pocan Pocan.house.gov is his website. You can tweet him at Rep Mark Pocan. You're listening to Tom Hartman. Hey, Tom Hartman here. Just wanted to give you a heads up that we have an absolutely free newsletter. You can subscribe to it over at TomHartman.com. And every day, Sue, who works on our newsletter, puts together what we call Sue's Daily Stack. It's literally a link to every story I have referenced on the air in the program. And she compiles these throughout the program and then gets the newsletter together. And it goes out an hour or two after the show is off the air. And it's just absolutely extraordinary and something I think you'll find really useful. So check it out at TomHartman.com. Tom Hartman here with you. Ken in Olympia, Washington. Hey, Ken, what's on your mind today? I'm a bit confused. I'm hoping you can help me. I read today that Pompeo says that he's not going to let the State Department officials respond to the disposition to the subpoenas, and I know in yeah. the past, in the past, other Republicans said they will not respond to subpoenas. Right. So, what are the real world consequences when they don't follow these? Well, Congress can declare them in contempt. If they declare them in civil contempt, there's three kinds of contempt. If they declare them in civil contempt, then it goes to the courts. Now, when Nixon said, "I'm not going to turn over the tapes," they charged Nixon with contempt, and they went to the Supreme Court immediately. And because it was an impeachment hearing and the Supreme Court said, no, you've got to turn over the tapes. So it's possible that this could even go directly to the Supreme Court if the Democrats frame it as part of the impeachment hearings. And who knows what the Supreme Court is going to do, because we've got, you know, five right wing partisans on the court. That's number one. Number two, they could declare criminal contempt and say, no, we're going to try and throw you in jail. If they declare criminal contempt, then they have to refer that charge to the attorney general, Bill Barr. So I'm not holding my breath on that one. (laughs) Or number three, they could declare inherent contempt, which they have not done since the 1920s, if my recollection is correct, maybe the 1930s, for a long time, for nearly 100 years. Uh, It used to be fairly routine in the the 1800s, but it hasn't been done since the early 1900s. And under inherent contempt, they can order the the, sergeant at arms, basically, you know, the, the Capitol p- police to grab these guys and stick them in a room in the Capitol building. Now, they have used in the past, uh, they've used conference rooms, they've used meeting rooms, and they have a, a room in the basement that was uh, sort of the old jail. But right now it's where they store the carriage that carried Abraham Lincoln's body. So they're not really prepared for that, for inherent contempt. And that would be immediately appealed to the Supreme Court anyway. So I'm not sure what they'll be able to do, Ken. That's the problem. You know, the power of police is held in the executive branch, you know, and the president, Bill Barr, and the State Department and whatnot. So, you know, what we have here is a first-class constitutional crisis in the making. And, you know, we'll see where it goes. But uh, those are the options as far as I understand it. Rob in California. Hey, Rob, what's up? We're in California. Hey, I'm from the Inland Empire, but I'm in Newport Beach right now. Okay, so what's up? Um, so I wanted to talk about Mitt Romney and the, uh, his white horse theories and uh, how he might try and lead the Republicans against uh, Trump. Oh, count on it. The white horse prophecy for people. Well, do you want to you summarize it in a couple of sentences or do you want me to? 
Uh, uh, you go ahead, but I'd like to bring up like the Utah war and a little bit of that stuff. Afterwards. Sure. Yeah. Well, the, this this uh, prophecy is uh, an interpretation of the Book of Mormon, um, which is not universally subscribed to, but is a big deal among some Mormons. That what's going to bring back Jesus, what's going to turn the world around, is when a Mormon becomes president. And that Mormon then, you know, uh, will basically be the, the the white horse, you know, who, uh, you know, of uh, yeah. Revelation's lore, who saves the country. Back to you, Rob. Well, so I think that Donald Trump is going to allow everybody except one of his sons. One of his sons, like, is going to be convicted for felony tampering. Then it's going to run in Florida. See, people are saying New York, but I think it's going to be Florida. That's why they're holding up the um, the felony laws. Uh, that allow voters there, and they know they already have that state on all levels. But they got Ron DeSantis. He's probably the most corrupt governor in the United States, you know, and and he's oh he, yeah, he's a firewall against that, is he not? Yeah, and they they have they have every single level in in Florida that they can. Jam they have in a there. super majority have, in the House. Yeah, and you talked about how older people were donating their life savings. That's all of Florida. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, but I think that the billionaire class of Mitt Romney and the ones that have like real actual religious views behind them, they have to know that if they don't get in now and they don't fight against Trump now, they're never going to have their shot. Right. Like Romney knows he can't be the white horse if Trump is president for the next eight, ten years. Right. Until violence happens. <laughs> right. Right. So, yeah, you know, it makes a lot of sense to me, Rob, and I've I've been watching Romney on this, and I think that he's, you know, in his careful way, he is positioning himself to be the guy who's going to save us from Trump. I absolutely agree with you. So, anyhow, this is where we're at, right? This is our new reality. We've got an attorney general who's trying to prove that what was uncovered by Robert Mueller, that you had, a, that we had a foreign government or agents of a foreign government or people who are hanging out with a foreign government, interfere in our election. He's trying to disprove that. He's trying to get the the prime minister of Australia and major politicians in Italy and Macedonia and Spain and Greece to go along with this. At the same time that we are, that we are actually the secretary of state now is on this too, at the same time that they're trying to say, oh no, Trump didn't actually engage in attempted bribery with the president of Ukraine. It's insane we'll see where this all goes but i'm telling you this this is this is like nothing we've ever seen in our lifetimes and if it's not handled well if it's not handled carefully it's not going to end well for any of us for this country i'm very concerned about the fate and future of my nation right now anyhow it's a good time to get involved so get out there get active tag you're it we'll see you tomorrow same time same place have a great afternoon You've been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com.